What's up, people? So right before we get into today's podcast, I want to let you know about a freelancing job board that I just created, mainly for sales and marketing professionals, but really it's for anybody that's in the op side or people that do virtual assistants. And I just got this crazy idea that I believe freelancing is going to be so big for the future. The whole gig economy, it, it does so much for all of us, right? So if you're a younger company coming up, if you're a star phase, you don't have enough cash to really pop down on a full-time executive just yet, freelancing could be a great option. Or if you're the person that's looking to elevate their career and really try to find more opportunities, but you don't quite have that experience needed yet, I think freelance is also for you. So go over to salesculture.work and you click the top button there at join the actual marketplace, create a profile. Man, it'll be phenomenal if you're looking for any additional work or if you want to post a gig. Again, this is 100 bit free <laughs> and it's for freelancers. But, you know, if you're into into the job market and just want to get more exposure, please drop on by and go ahead and check out what we're working at, trying to cook up here. And for anybody that does in the next 30 days, I'm going to be ramping up heavy. I mean, heavy whenever it comes to promoting the people that create profiles there or jobs that are placed there. So I'll be doing that on Instagram. I'll be doing it on podcast and so on. So either way, this is all for you. It's free. I mean, there's things that we'll do in the future, but right now I just want to get the word out. So please go over to salesculture.work. And now let's get into today's show. What's up, Sales Culture? I'm your host, Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning back into the podcast. So I got to I gotta like fanboy out a little bit here because I got somebody I've looked up to um, when it comes to selling. Somebody that's been just an OG when it comes to understanding how to get in the field and do work that's going to deliver success consistently. Now, one thing about sales trainers and people, salespeople in particular, people think it's a lot about, you know, how well you can speak and being fluent and asking great questions. And, you know, this guy really, <laughs> he, he dispels a lot of those myths. And that's why I really looked up to him because at the time when I felt like I was one of the worst salespeople in the world, used car men, used car sales tactics, and, you know, you would just say stuff so you could try to get deals done. Just all the negative things. I've been there, and I, I started my career there, and I was horrible at it, right? And it wasn't until I started being honest with people, and I flipped from just trying to sound like I knew what I was talking about to really caring about what I was talking about. And so I had to flip it into more of this service mode. So sales really so much so much more than just trying to close deals, get commission. And today's special guest is Mark Hunter, and I learned a lot of this from him. So you guys are in for a treat. Mark doesn't, he doesn't ever let up. And he's one of those guys that will consistently bring value. So we're gonna talk a little bit about his book, A Mind for Selling. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where I think that everybody's gonna get something from this, whether you are a small business owner or if you're in the field day to day like myself, trying to secure new business, bring on new new clients, and most importantly, figure out how you can best serve and try to add some unique insight to it. You guys are going to love this conversation with Mark Hunter. So sit back and enjoy it, and let's get into today's conversation. I want to welcome on the legend Mark Hunter onto the podcast, man. Uh, again, as I was saying earlier, always looked up to you uh i think what you do is 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 really cool just from the standpoint that you're talking about confidence right now and you're talking about having integrity right and one of the things that as a young sales guy i was debating about whether i should get into like physical therapy or whether i should do like sales right when i was back in school 
And I chose sales mainly because my mom was also in sales. And I was like, you know what? I need to make some money too. I'm like, I could probably get, I could make some more money in sales part than like, you know, PT. And, you know, but one of the rubs there was that whole negative connotation, man, of like, you're in sales and you're a sleazy, you know, we always use like the used car salesman guy. I'm not sure why, but, <laughs> but you're one of those guys, right? You're one of those guys. You're here just saying anything. You wanted to just tickle my ear. You don't bring any value. And I'm like, damn it, how do I get around that? And then I find some of your content, man. So yeah, welcome on to the podcast, man. I think you've been doing some good work for, for a while now. Hey, thank you. And you know what? I mean, I can relate to that. I can relate to exactly where you're at. You know, in my book, you know, my book, A Mind for Sales, I talk about how I got into sales and how I was such a dismal failure. <laughs> and it was because I, I and, you know, I, and, and I share in the book how I felt creepy. Yeah. I felt I felt creepy because I it felt like I was just trying to jam stuff down people's throat. Mm. You talk about the used car My first sales job, you'll love this. Yeah, I was selling know. sides of beef. Oh man, you're just straight just just straight slabs of meat? So, sides <laughs> of beef, hanging beef. That's what I was selling to stores and to restaurants. Well, I mean, you talk about a sleaze job. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, but you know, you know, I got into it because I needed a, you know, cause I couldn't afford car insurance cause my driving record yep. and they supplied me with a car. And of course I got fired from that job. I got another job. Same thing happened again. Hmm. And it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's until you get your head screwed on straight and realize that sales is about helping people. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how you go sideways. And I think there's no wonder why there's such a turnover in the sales yeah. profession. It's sad. It really is. I mean, and, and, you know, for, for people that can like embody that service mindset, right? Say, Hey, I'm here to help. Like, you know, however that looks, you know, and, and kind of really put the, you know, people first, you know, uh, customers, clients, patients, whoever they are up front. I mean, like, how do you get out of that funk though? Like, like, how do you get out of that negative mindset? Because I was there too. Like, oh, I mean, a couple of my first inside sales jobs. I mean, I, I was just literally making hundred plus phone calls a day hoping that I can just, you know, close someone, right? <laughs> right? And, oh, yeah. I, 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 I want to talk hey. about all those negative terms and all that. Yeah. Well, I was just there 15 minutes ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 what, what you really have to do is, is it, there's two things that you have to shift in your thinking. And th this is what I really, truly believe. One is you got to be focused on people. You got to be focused on people. It's not what you sell. It's being focused on people. And when you, when you really put people first, this is what happened to me. It was my third job. My boss pulled me aside. I thought I was getting fired. And he taught me a life lesson. That sales is about people. It's about helping people. And now, how do you get that to a prospecting mindset? Because that, that's the challenge. And here's what it comes down to. It's not what you sell. It isn't what you sell. And it isn't even why you sell. Well, it's not, well, it is why you sell. It's not how you sell. It's why you sell. And what I mean by this is because you know you can help people. I, I'll share a quick story. Um, my daughter um, stepped outside her house. This was a couple year, years ago and saw smoke coming out of a house right down the street from her. Now, she didn't know the people. They just moved in a few months earlier. She didn't know. She had no idea who they were. Now, she immediately called 911 and ran down to that house to make sure they were all out. Now, fortunately, nobody was hurt. It was more smoke than there was flames. That's good. But think about this for a moment. She could have said, oh, I don't know those people. 
I'm going to wait for somebody else. Maybe I'll connect with them on Facebook. Maybe I'll connect with them on Instagram. No, she knew she could help them. So she knew it was her obligation to go help them. This is what you have to look at. This is, this is the attitude you have to have when it comes to sales. If you, if you know who your ICP is, your ideal customer profile is, and you dial in on that, what happens is then you begin to say, hey, I know I can make a difference. I know I can call these people. I know I can call these people. And it becomes your obligation. There's a, a company um, outside of Youngstown, Ohio, that I was about ready to do business with just prior to COVID, just, just before COVID. And they were, they were struggling. And let me tell you something, they are struggling now. They are really having issues. But you know what? I'm still reaching out to them on a continuous basis, sharing with them insights, sharing with them ideas, because I know I can help them. I know I can help them. And they're going through issues, but I, I, I see, I'm not giving up on them. You see, sale, when, when you're zeroed in on how you can help them, and, and, and I've met some of the people there. They're great people. I want to help yeah. the people. You see, sales to me is, it's a passion to help people. I, I could have been a plumber. I could have been an electrician. I could have been any number of things. But I chose sales because it's the opportunity I have to be able to influence and impact as many people as possible. That's what I love doing. That's love what that. sales is. Yeah. I think that's so spot on. And, and you know, one of the common, I guess, questions a lot of my colleagues and people have that are in these industries that they're not, quote unquote, passionate about. I lucked up because, you know, again, I was, you know, I wanted to do like a, I wanted to be in like physical therapy. I ended up, you know, working in healthcare on that business side as far as sales and marketing. So I'm working it in that actual space that I care a lot about, but, but I've sold stuff like that, that I wasn't crazy about like transportation services and warehousing. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, how do you kind of help those guys that they're in this space where it's like, all right, I'm in sales. I want to help. I got that, but I'm not passionate about blank industry or blank, you know, product service, whatever. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, yeah, let me, let me share with you. This was a conversation I had just the other day. This okay. was a gentleman. He was pr he's probably about 28 or 29. He's selling roofing, mm. roofing for commercial businesses. And he was, he was upset. Or, yeah, I can't stand sales. You know, <laughs> said, yeah, son. and I said, hold on. I said, who are the last five customers that you've sold to? And he rattled off a couple of businesses and a couple of small factories and so forth. And I said, okay, so now think about this for a moment. What would have happened if you had not enabled them, sold them? Could they be looking at a leaky roof? Could they be looking at a roof collapse? Could they be looking at any number of things? How do you think those employees would respond if they were told they couldn't come to work because there was a flood, roof collapse? How do you think those employees would be able to um, feed their, their family, their kids? You see, what you're doing is you're helping that business to keep going. And by helping that business to keep going, they have employees, they have customers. You see, you have to look at it as anything you sell is helping somebody somewhere. And that's the mentality, that's the approach. It's not roofing. What you're doing is you're helping this company that owns this building to be able to keep operating. Because mm -hmm. if, if they can't, then they're not gonna be able to charge rent. They're not gonna be able, you know, whatever it might be. So I, I, I always challenge salespeople. Look at what you do, not as a product or a service, 
but look at what you do as a individual, as a person. I had a, a person who was charged with making 75 to hundred calls a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, they were just, they were despondent. And I said, yeah, and I bet you got pictures of your product all over your desk. Oh yeah, I got the product catalog and all that sort of stuff on this desk. And right. I, I, I said, you know what to do? Go out on the internet and start um, printing some photos of people and put them on the wall behind your desk, you know, right in front of your phone. Put them, put, put pictures, put company names. Begin to look at who it is that you're helping. And it was interesting. I, I shared I shared this a few weeks ago, and uh, I followed back up with him the other day. And uh, no, he hasn't turned into a sales superstar, but he says, "You know what? I am now consistently hitting 100 dials a day, and I never was before. And I think it's because I've now got focus." And he said, "I've also been able to book some great discovery calls, been able to book some demos, and it's starting it's starting to turn for him uh, because focused on the people." Focus on the outcome. That's what I tell people. Write down what is the out, not what you sell, write down the outcome you create. What's the outcome your customers have been able to create? That's huge. That is huge. That, I mean, yeah. and as a guy that's, that's, that's sold stuff that had struggled to really understand why I'm selling it, <laughs> you know, but, right? I mean, yeah. But the actual well, outcomes, though, I mean, that's something that can hopefully automatically get people to kind of switch into a different mindset. Yeah, because I mean, my first job, I was selling dead cows. I mean, dead cows, okay? I mean, believe me, I, I, and, and, and I should have realized it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This beef that I'm selling is going to help this restaurant yeah. be able to put out the most exquisite meal tonight. Take care of this banquet, take care of, you know. I, if, if I had looked at it in that manner, I think I would have gotten over my, eh, about sales a lot sooner. And, and you know, so this is this is great that we're talking about this because um, I'm, I'm not sure how many companies are uh, spending resources towards understanding the mindsets of their salespeople on their team, or even trying to help help them kind of build that up. But but you know, like you also talk a lot about confidence, and confidence is something that can be kind of confusing because people view it as like an ego trip. You know, like you got to come in and scream at people. But let me get your thoughts on how you define confidence and like how it should be applied in business. Confidence is just believing that you can make a difference in someone else. That's yeah. all it comes down to. And, and, and believing that you have the skill. Now, you may not have the answer. A lot of times I go into situations and I work with all kinds of different companies. I don't necessarily have the solution, but I have the questions. And collectively, this is the, the measurement of confidence in a salesperson is when the salesperson can ask the customer question that the customer can't answer and the salesperson can't answer. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. Because most salespeople love to ask customers questions that the customer can't answer, but they can answer, and that, that's how they look good. Of course. And the customer, beat my chest. Right, I'm right, the biggest right, right. and baddest guy out here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Close everything point. more than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the customer just rolls their eyes and go, oh, another yeah. stupid salesperson who thinks they know everything. <laughs> right? So what I want to do is, when I have this level of confidence, because the customer sees me as being competent, as being knowledgeable. I can sit here and I can ask you questions that you can't answer and I can't. What does that do? That creates a conversation. Mm -hmm. That creates a conversation at an entirely different level. That's how I, as a salesperson, create job security. <laughs> I mean, because now 
I see my definition of sales is to help you see and achieve what you did not think was possible. Think about that for a moment. What, like help you see and achieve what you did not think was possible. And I can't do that unless I challenge your thinking. I can't do that unless I'm willing to really, you know, poke, on, poke my head under the tent and mm -hmm. see what's there. And, and, and more so, even what you're bringing up is something that's powerful because you're poking your head up on, underneath that actual tent, not knowing what's going to happen or what conversations are going to be kind of having afterwards, but you're willing to do it. That's, that shows that I can roll with you however we want to do this, you know, and yes. I, can still, I can still bring value to this conversation, even though we don't know where we're going with it yet, right? Yes, because I'm comfortable because here's the whole thing. I want you, the customer, to feel like you're driving, yeah. but I'm really in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, because when, when, when I allow you to feel like you're driving, you're going to be much more transparent, much more open with me. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, is I have found the more open, the more integrity, the more transparency I bring to you, the customer, the more you are to me. Because, you know, it's amazing how we generally respond to people the way they respond to us. Right. Right. I mean, right. I mean we've all seen that. We, we've all noticed, I mean, uh, you, you, you can walk into a restaurant, you can walk in any place. And if the wait staff is really, really nice, it's amazing how you just become nicer too. Yep. And same thing if you're a jerk, <laughs> you become a jerk very quickly. You know, but salespeople don't have bad customers. No, bad salespeople have bad customers. Yeah. 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 You, you, I love that, man. I mean, so we're talking already confidence. We're already tapping into mindset. Um, I know you have a lot of, you know, great questions that you like to kind of talk about and you already talk about asking tough questions, but it's the simplicity of it, right? Because sometimes we get lost into, like you said, we want to beat our chest. We want to look big. We want to like, I know more. That's why you got to do business with me because I know, right? <laughs> right, right. Oh. But, but, but sometimes it can take people on, on a walk that's just unnecessary. <laughs> we do. And, yeah, and, yeah. and then we wonder why, this, why the customer doesn't call us back. Yeah. Why, yeah, yeah, why yeah. the customer goes dark on us. Why we never hear from them again. Why they, you know, why they go, why they go silent. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't been helping them. And what I, in fact, it's funny. I was talking with a salesperson this morning. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a 10-step cadence. It's a fairly simple sale. They know who their ICP is. They know who everything is. Mm -hmm. And I was asking her, I said, okay, so where are you breaking through on? Is it with the email? Is it with the voicemail or the phone call? She says, well, it's always the phone call. I said, okay, what were eight seconds? Oh, it's, it's the voicemail. Email? No, email doesn't work. Email doesn't work for me. Now for her particular niche, her particular, I see that because it's so personality driven. It's so relationship driven. Mm -hmm. But she was able to allow her, her personality to come through in the voicemail. Oh, it's, it's, it's a fairly scripted voicemail. She deviates a little bit, but she puts personality into it. And when she gets them on the phone, it's like, wow, it's a conversation. You see, no customer wants to say, oh man, I hope a salesperson calls me up today and lectures me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Give me, give me the lecture from the sales guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't happen. And yet, yeah. and yet that's too many times what salespeople do because they want to read from this script. They want to go from this. And, and, and there's no um, human element. Hmm. When, when we take the human element out of sales, you're going to be replaced. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I was speaking to a couple other sales leaders, man, and they were pretty concerned about the future of sales because of that. You know, with all the AI and everything coming in, you know, now there's there's like so many things that could be done through software, and you know, you can try to navigate more of the sale down up to the last, you know, up to that last mile. That's still a challenge, especially like in B two B. But I mean, what's your what's your whole thoughts on that? Because you're right, like you can get taken out of the process when you become too much like a robot because there's robots out there that can do it for us. Right. If, if, if it's a simple transaction, sure. you, you, will be, you will be replaced. But here's the whole thing. Here's the way I look at it. And I talk about it in one of the last chapters in my book. Look mm-hmm. at financial planners, okay? If you were a stockbroker, mm-hmm. go back 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and all your orders had to be placed, buy and sell orders had to be placed through a stockbroker. And you would call up a stockbroker and the stockbroker really knew that they had to be at their desk pretty much any time the market was open. They had to be at their desk because they always had on their voicemail, orders cannot be placed by way of voicemail, you know, but they, they, had, they knew they had to be there. Now, along comes automation. So most people can place their trades online. Mm-hmm. They don't need, they don't need a, a stockbroker. So has the stockbroker gone away? No. What's happened is this. The stockbroker maybe used to have 200 clients and they managed 100% of their portfolio. Today, that same financial planner, that stockbroker, may have 600 clients and may manage one third of each person's portfolio. Because what they're doing is they're just providing a little niche of a service and everything being taken care of over here. The salesperson is never gonna be replaced. It's just the span of our control the interface of who we connect with and the value we bring changes. My goal as a salesperson Mm -hmm. is to always be able to deliver to you information that you did not know you didn't know because I know you. When I am able to do that, I'm never going to be replaced. So I'm, I'm bullish on the future of sales. It's going to change. Yeah. It's going to change our, our geographical territories, however we want to call it. Oh, yeah, that's going to change dramatically. Yeah. Um, global competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Well, you think we've seen. No, it's good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things will change, but it never goes away. I love that. Man. I mean, salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's something that, you know, at least a couple of years back, I can remember all these death of a salesperson blog posts that were coming out and, and a lot of things like AI is going to do all of it for us. Don't worry, guys. You never have to pick up another sales call. Um, and a lot of stuff was, was being pushed out throughout the, throughout the whole atmosphere. But what's the skills then? Do you think that today's salespeople need to really acquire to be able to ask those questions or to gather that insight? Yeah. One of the big things that the salesperson has to do is understand downstream and upstream. <laughs> you see, what's happened in think about many inside call centers. You just had this automated, here's the next call, here's the next call. You had no, who, no idea who, who you're calling. Right. So we're moving very much over to this really this informed warm call. Okay. But here's the whole thing. I've got to understand your business so well. I know who your customer is, you know, so I'm really looking at who's my customer customers and who are my customers, customers, customers. I got to be able to go downstream. I got to be able to go upstream. Look at the supply chain. You see, I have to be able to, this is critical knowledge. And this is why I'm telling sales organizations more than ever you have to become very vertically centered. In other words, this industry, this particular segment, because you've got to understand that all the way through the supply chain, geographical territories, 
are just gone, just mm -hmm. gone. Because again, that's going to be replaced by a delivery service, by a bot. True. The other piece that you have to understand is you have to understand where is the company going? Where is the company? We have to become much more astute. And let's talk about B2B. From a business management standpoint, I am amazed at the naivete of so many salespeople I run into who have no clue as to really the fundamentals of businesses in the industry they're selling into. We've got to understand those. We are going to be challenged and tasked with understanding our customers at a much deeper level. Because remember, huh, our customers understand us, right? Because yeah. they're going out and doing all this research on the internet before mm -hmm. they even call us. So guess what? They, you know, if they're going to be armed, if they're going to be knowledgeable, we better be knowledgeable. So that's why I really call for vertical integration from a selling standpoint, more so than ever now. Man, you know, that, that's, that's crucial. I mean, and hopefully, hopefully once the audience catches this, man, I mean, this is something that they have to start asking themselves, like, how much do I truly know about this industry? I mean, this is something I had to learn and constantly learning, right? Still trying to figure out to this day, what's all those nuances that are happening behind the scenes and like how everything impacts everything. Um, you know, is that something that should be shaped by upper management? Or is that something as like a regular salesperson on the bottom floor making, making 100 dollars? they should take some ownership with. What's your whole thoughts with that? Well, I want management to lead the way, but if they're not willing to lead the way, you still got to do it. You yeah. still better do it. And, and, and it doesn't, this is, this is what I find so interesting. <clears throat> if you just spent 15 or 20 minutes a day studying your industry, or we'll say maybe you sell into three industries, just spend 15 minutes a day on one of those industries, but you do that for a month or two, and it's amazing how much more brilliant you'll be. Let me tell you something. A two-watt light bulb looks pretty bright in a dark room. <laughs> I mean, stop and think about that for a moment. I mean, That's I mean, seriously. That's a great point. I mean, it, 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 does, <laughs> it doesn't take long to gain that insight. Now, I'd hope management's providing it, but you, you got you to gotta absorb. I, I encounter this all the time with salespeople. They call me with different issues and they go, well, what do you know about them? And they, oh, I, I looked at their website. Oh, whoopee dee. You looked at their website. Hello, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Man. Do you even know who their customers are? Have, have, you, have you looked at one of their, one of their customers' websites? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe you should. That's a great point, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great point because, you know, common, common things that you hear, of course, is, Mark, I just, just don't have time, man. Like, I got to make these hundred dials. Right. How so can what, I, so yeah. what, what they are is they're caught up in the motion. Hmm. And this is where I'm going to this is where I'm going to come back and I'm going to push back on companies. In fact, in fact it's interesting. Last yeah. fall I was, I was working with a company and they wanted their, their in their, their outbound salespeople to make 150 contacts a day, 150 contacts a day. That's rolling. That's yeah. rolling. Yeah. Now, whether it be telephone, whether it be voicemail, whether it be email, whatever, but 150. And some of them were actually getting up to 200, 225 because they were just banging out emails. And the results sucked. Yeah. The yeah. results sucked. They had all this activity, but nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. And the, and, cause I, I, I raised this issue. I said, guys, this is just way too much, way too much. Bring it down, bring it down. And I, I just spoke with them just, just the other day and they're bringing it down. I wish they'd bring it down more. I wish they'd bring it down to more than 35 to 50. 
Really? Uh, 35 to 50? Well, to allow, because yes. what they sell, it's a SaaS product, it's fairly complex. Mm-hmm. They need to do research. They need to be able to research and they be able to nurture their prospects. But when you're sitting there banging out 150, 200, you're just, you're just, oh, email three, email four, email five, voicemail two, voicemail three. And, and no wonder they're not getting results. You know, you got, you, you, when you get to know the customer and their challenges, and remember, nobody buys anything. I, it, and I don't care if this is B to B or B to C, nobody buys anything. They invest, they invest. And don't think for a moment, well, in B2B, it's all about low price. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's no, 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 no. Every decision is backed up by emotion. Every decision, mm-hmm. you know, even that bidding process is backed up by emotion. Yeah, they may be looking for a low price, but let me tell you something. Um, there's a lot of low prices that just plain suck yeah. because they don't yeah. deliver. They do not deliver. So it, 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 it isn't, you know, low price is not a sustainable competitive advantage. And when I see organizations going through this repetition model, just speed, 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 mm-hmm. they automatically think, well, if we just cut our price, we just cut, cut our price. I go, that's stupid, mm-hmm. stupid. Man, man, you know, th- this is a um, high quality conversation for me because it's something that we struggle with on my team, honestly, is that, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to be super guilty of being too busy and not having enough impact. Right. You, and you even talk about this in your book. And this is kind of why I wanted, I wanted to kind of harp on it and stay there for a second so I can feel the pain and hopefully some listeners can too. <laughs> but, but as, as far as, as far as being busy and like, I mean, pe- there's so much, there's so many ways that we can get to them though, Mark. I can hit them with the email. I got them on LinkedIn. I got the Instagram. I can, there's so many ways I can, I can like contact, right? So many more people. And I know that even if I have a garbage message, if I can get to 0.1% <laughs> and get that garbage out, I'll get some deals out of it. How would you kind of come back and help me understand the um, problem with being too, too much activity? Well, even a blind squirrel will find an occasional acorn. Okay. I mean, this is kind of what, what, what happens. And I'll be the first to admit, um, you just pound away on something, you will eventually have success. Mm-hmm. But you'll probably wind up with a really... Um, sore body. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you, you will not have a good mental state. Yeah. And, and this is where I talk about it. It's, it's dialing in on your ICP. And this is where I come back. This is the number one piece. Who is your ideal customer profile? And the more you can build it out, the more you can build it out. I, I was talking to a person the other day, solopreneur. Mm-hmm. And they described, and I said, who's your perfect customer? And they described it. I said, you know, you gotta get tighter. You gotta get tighter. Because in this global marketplace that we're in, you have to get very tight because the tighter you become when you're dealing with those people, they will, they will place more value in you. They'll place more value in what you have. They'll pay you more. And don't think, well, I can't, I can't slice this so thin that I don't have a marketplace. Well, excuse me, but you know what? It's amazing the number of companies that make a tremendous successful business out there with only really 500 prospects, maybe globally, globally. Right. Right. So, I mean, don't, don't think for a moment that you have to cut it so wide and, and then you cut it wide and you say, well, I got, I got 3 billion people who could buy my product. Well, you can't reach 3 billion people. Okay. So right. get over it. 
I mean, but you know what? This actually ties back to a much more meaningful conversation about mind about mindset. Um, having a having the awareness in yourself to know what you're truly trying to impact in the world, right? Like not just getting into this place where ego driven, narcissistic. I just want to I want to conquer it all. I want to get it all. I want the largest amount of market share I can get. Into where do you have this lane that's really going to mean mean something to someone? Oh, that's what you just said was spot on. You have to be comfortable in your own lane. Mm -hmm. The comfortable you are in your own lane, the more confident you will be. See, what, where people become uncomfortable is when they start selling outside their lane, outside mm -hmm. their comfort zone. And, you know, you, you may have this person who calls you up or you may have this lead and it doesn't fit your company's ICP. But I, I know we can do this. Yeah, but you know what? It just, it just stresses you out. Yeah. And when you can stay in your lane, it's amazing. I mean, like today, I mean, I, I, I started my first call this morning at seven. We've been going, I've been going nonstop. I haven't even had a chance to grab a bite to eat. Hopefully I will sometime today. <laughs> but you know what? I'm having a blast because everything I'm doing is right in my ICP and is fitting who I, including call with you right now, it fitting who I want to be talking to, who I want to be sharing with. And it just, it just keeps me going. I, I find that when you have the right mindset, it's amazing how much more momentum you have. It's amazing. And momentum creates success. I mean, I have in the book what I call the success wheel. And yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing how it just, it just gets rolling. It just gets rolling. It just gets rolling. And um, I know where I want to be come about 5.30 or 6 o'clock tonight because we're, we're recording this on a Friday because about 6 o'clock tonight, I want to be able to shut things down for the evening. Uh, I want to spend some time with my wife. And, but I've got these goals and, I, and doggone it, I'm going to make sure that we, I nail every one of them because I got momentum. I'm pumped. Man, you know, I, I would love for you to talk about that actual will for, in like two seconds as well, because um, th this is obviously going into a space that is not tactical. It's not sure, you know, what do you say? How do you say it? You know, what's the right question to ask? So you can go ahead and get the deal done stuff. But man, this is probably the most important thing. I mean, to me, just, just because you're really tapping into a place of trying to build your life that you want to build it like. So you can, you know, obviously work hard, but so you can live your life, though. And yeah. I think. I think one of the big things that we struggle with and what COVID has kind of woken up a lot of my business partners up to as well is that when you're at home and you can, cause out here in California, they made us stay home, you know, Cali operates in her own separate bubble. <laughs> I'm sure she probably has some clients out this way. And, and, but it forced you to be in your own space, in your own head and look around and say, all right, maybe I can do things differently, you know? And, and so I would love for you to tap into uh, the actual, the actual wheel as well. Well, let, yeah, let, it really is all about just creating success. You think about a wheel, once it gets going, it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. And my whole objective, and I talk about it in the book in terms of having a, a meat lover's pizza goal. If you've seen the movie Tommy Boy, there's yeah. a wonderful scene in there about the meat lover's pizza. I won't class it to. But anyway, it's, it, it's creating an early morning goal. I, I, I strongly suggest this. You create an early morning goal. And for instance, this morning, I mean, I had, I had a call. It was a potential sales call and so forth. I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. And that's how I started the day. That's how I started the day. And boom, it got me going. It, it gets, so I always say, set yourself up with a goal, something that you can accomplish early in the morning. And that begins to get you going. 
over the course of the day, you want to continue to accelerate. So then that second activity is going to be what I'm going to call eat the frog. Brian Tracy used that line. He said, eat the frog first thing in the morning because that'll be the worst thing you do. So what I'm going to do is that second thing out of the shoot, I'm going to make sure it's my most difficult task. Hmm. And sure enough, I had a project, I had a proposal I need, needed to get out the door and I had some, I need to get some solid thinking time on it. Boom, got it done. When I got done, I, I feel good. And I got it done in the allotted time. I'd said, I got 45 minutes to get this done. And then I move on to the next task. And, and what happens is momentum continues to create momentum. See, what, what I always find is this, this is what drives me nuts. People will sit there and say, um, I'm not motivated. I'm not motivated. Um, and, 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 and they say it as if it's their boss's obligation to motivate them. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If you're a sales manager, sales leader, listening to this, nobody can motivate. You, you can't motivate your people. You cannot motivate your All you can do is create an environment for your people to motivate themselves. That's all you can do. I'll give you an example. Gentleman sure. called me the other day, or he sent me a message. He's in the UK. Okay, they're still in shelter in place in the UK. And he's the only salesperson in, UK, in the UK for this company. And it's a US-based company. And he says, man, how do I get, how do I get, it's just, when I start, everybody's still asleep in the States. It's just, yeah. And I yeah. said, what you gotta do is you gotta find one or two peers, one or two friends of yours in sales in the UK area. And you three or you two need to get on the phone every morning, first thing, for five minutes. And just share what was your success, what's your goal for today. And you, you, you create a, a, a mini mastermind group. And again, I talk about that in the book. You got to create a mastermind group that's going to motivate you. Maybe there's a text message you send. Maybe there's a way. You, know, it, you, you have to you create this vehicle. So what you're doing is you're helping lift up other people and other people are helping to lift up you but it gets you moving. It gets you moving. Now I'll be anxious because, because I told this guy, I said, call me back in a couple of weeks or pop me an email in a couple of weeks. I want to hear if you've been able to set it up and get it going. But it really comes down to you have to stay in the game. Hmm. Now it's interesting. I use a stand up desk. I'm standing up. And let me tell you something. It puts a whole lot more energy into everything I do. And I think it accelerates my productivity. So you got to do what fits for you, but don't allow COVID, don't allow what's going on out there to be distractions. It's so easy to be consumed yeah. with all the noise out there. I can't change what's going on out in the world. All I can do is change how I respond to what's going on in the world. It's the best, man. It's the best. I mean, like, you know, to me, th th this is valuable information because uh, even for myself, right? COVID hits and you're, you're like, oh man, you hit the panic button, <laughs> you know? All right. What's this mean for our business? How do we do this? What's next? How do we keep the team together? All those questions are swirling now. Right. And, but, you know, having that network of people, oh man, is clutch, especially if you guys can all get each other thinking, productively about how you're going to navigate life, just all of it, right? Like just a group, right? I mean, man, it, it, it's, it's killer. Night and day. One of the things I would recommend to anybody as well, uh, especially when you're in that type of space. But, and, and, and so if you don't mind, you also talk about this whole network triangle. I, I know the mastermind is a piece of it. Yeah. Talk about the other two elements, if you don't mind. Well, the, the, the other 
two elements and I'm going to kind of phrase up a little bit different than what we have in the book, but I want to create this subject matter expert group. And this is going to be a smaller group. This may be 10 or 15 people that you can call on as subject matter experts. I'll, I'll give you a very quick example of this. This is a network of people. I, I knew a small business owner. Well, they had about 200 employees. So that's not necessarily a small, small business. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to put in place a CRM system. He had a couple of IT people. And the IT people came to him. And it, it, it very quickly, he began to realize that this was going to be a six-month process for these two IT people to figure out what CRM system to go with. He went to a subject matter expert file, so to speak, and said, who do I know that are SMEs? on CRMs in my, in the size of business I'm in. He called them within five minutes. He had an answer. He called his IT people and he said, this is, this is the platform we're going with done. You see, it's amazing. I can use subject matter experts to very much accelerate my decision-making. Here's the other piece, subject matter experts within your own company, taking them out to customers or putting them on a zoom call. See, because suddenly I become a lot more credible when I have this SME here with me on this Zoom call. So SMEs are who you learn from and who, oh, by the way, they're gonna use you as an SME. Now, there's a lower level here that's just called your network. And this is your bigger pool of people. These are people who you do wanna be nurturing. You do wanna be a wonderful friend of mine, Meredith Powell. Um, she, she has a routine process where she has people in her network that she says, I don't have time to touch base with every month or every couple of weeks, but I make sure that every quarter I pick up the phone and I call them every quarter. Mm -hmm. And there's some that she does every six months and some that she does every year, but it's just her way of just kind of keeping that note. So it, it, it's, it's creating this triangle and up at the top is a mastermind, but these are levels of people that what does it do? It allows you to do this. Your reputation arrives before you do. Back up and explain what I mean by that. We've been talking about technology. We've been talking about the internet and all this sort of stuff. Nobody does business with anybody without first knowing who you are, right? So I could call somebody up and say, hey, let's get together on the phone. Well, what are they going to do? They're immediately going to go to Google and they're going to search me to say, what does it say about me? Okay. Mm -hmm. So my reputation. So here's the whole thing. Now, I want to make sure that my online presence is good. But if I can call somebody up and they, oh yeah, I, I, I've heard your name from so-and-so. I know who you, from, you know, I can connect. Wow. What does that do? Just you see out. sales yeah. is peer to peer, peer to peer. No, no. I mean, I mean, these days, I mean, especially even with, especially now, I mean, like, yes, that was always the case moving up to it. People weren't called reach out to salespeople without hitting Google. But in like a COVID world where you're inside the house and you I mean, why wouldn't you go to LinkedIn and at least see, do I have a connection here or anything? I mean, it's, it's crazy not to, right? I mean, um, at, as like a buyer. And, and so as salespeople, we, we have to understand that that's what's happening regardless, right? And, and yeah, I mean, during today's times, even more so than ever, I mean, that was the case previously, but now it's just like on steroids, right? Well, it is. Now, think, think, about, think about this for a second. You know, we call it WFH, work from home. Yeah. And we in sales, we've, many of us have worked from home for years. Sure. But our buyers, they always worked in an office. So there's WFH and there's what I call BFH, buying from home. <laughs> so they're in a totally new, you know, think about this. They're in a totally new world. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if you, you, if you sold to a purchasing department, you know, they were used to having everything right here and, and, and they have their, their kingdom. Mm-hmm. And now they have a kitchen table. Whoa. Wow. You don't think that was a head spinner. So don't think for a moment that it was head spinning just for salespeople. Uh Uh-uh. Head spinning for our customers many times, much more so than us. And so that's our whole goal. That means we have to create more of a peer-to-peer with them. We have to be more of a confident individual who can help them. Otherwise, they say, forget it. I don't want to deal with you. Man, you know, know, I I love these conversations, man, because, um, you know, this is stuff that we don't talk about nearly enough. The mindset, uh, I love the fact that you wrote a book about it, <laughs> like literally focusing on that. At, at, at one point, I would imagine that the whole sales industry would have been like, man, that's too woo-woo. Give me the script. <laughs> Show me how to close. You know, get my whole team r- running again. Th- that's all I care about. But now it, it's so great to have this happen in our space, man. Well, you know, what's funny is when, you know, you know the book came out the end of March. Yeah. And, um, uh, People began calling me when they began seeing it the first part, part of March, whatever. And um, they said, wow, this book's coming. How did you write the book so fast? How did you write the book so fast? And I said, well, I actually turned it into the publisher almost 11 months ago. Wow. I turned it in like like June of of 19. And it's just the sun, the moon, the stars, everything lined lined up well. Because I had a number of people say, this message is so spot on right now for this COVID world that we're in. And I go, hey, it's just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it happen. I'm just trying, but I'm passionate because I've seen it in my own life. And I share a number of stories from my own life in the book. Um, and that's what it is. You know, sales is not, sales is not an external activity. Sales is an internal emotion. Think about that for a moment. It's an internal emotion. That's a perfect gem. As we get ready to wrap up here, man, I got I to gotta make one of those actual nice LinkedIn posts with your face next to it because that's a perfect gym, man. Internal selling is where, is where this game really starts, right? So as we wrap it up, and I definitely want you to plug away uh, so you can tell people how to find the book, how to find you. But one last thing right before we do that, major takeaway for the industry around sales. If you had to get one thing for the time, for the moment that we're in, key point, major takeaway. Major takeaway, it is about influence and impacting people. And you do that by selling with integrity, trust, and transparency. And when you do that, you'll have the ability to come back and talk with that person again, because you'll earn the right, the privilege, honor, and respect. That's all it comes down to. When we are committed to helping people, it's amazing what, what we can do. So, Love yeah, it. I mean, I mean, the book is a mind for sales. I mean, I, I hey, it isn't, it is in bookstores. I, I've been getting calls that as bookstores open up, it's in bookstores, but it's also out on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever. But I really do encourage people to pick it up because I mean, every day I'm getting a note from somebody somewhere about how it's impacting them. The website is thesaleshunter.com. Yeah, that was my, people always ask me, what was your name before you change it? That's my real <laughs> last name. Just worked out well. And so anyway, the saleshunter.com is the website and there's tons of free stuff out there. There's tons of stuff. My whole goal is to help salespeople be more successful. And when I can do that, I sleep really well at night. 
your work. I love that, man. I mean, well, you know what? You definitely have been helping. I'm just wrapping up your actual book. I got the audio because I'm a big audio guy. I love it though because you. Actually hey, it was it. as as read by the author. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, I mean, look, you know, you would think that 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 doesn't matter as much if it's good content, but I always like hearing from the author, man. I'd much rather hear from the person that actually, you know put some actual real hard time and effort into laying it out. So I'll have all those links in the actual show notes. Audience, please go out, check out the book, A Mind for Sales. Leave a review. Don't play him. Don't play yourself. Go ahead and do that. And so guys, um, Mark Hunter, the legend, man. Thank you so much for coming on the actual show. Much appreciated. Thank you, man. Great selling.